the years, I've gotten, uh, I, I've, I've gotten uh, probably slack in trying to encourage others in, in serving, in using the talents and the gifts that God's blessed them to use. I take it serious. I've heard messages preached about the talents in Matthew and in Luke. And how that if an individual is blessed with one talent or two talents or five talents, that the example is that if you use those talents that God gives you, and that is where he's talking about in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12, it's sort of the same concept right here. He refers to it as gifts right here. And we're going to look at that here in just a minute and look at, at the spiritual gifts and kind of dig into this just a little bit deeper. But the principle is this, and it's taught in as the parable uh, uh, in Matthew and in Luke of the man that was given uh, talents, was passing out talents, that the individual that had one talent, he took it and he hid it and he buried it and didn't use it. The individual that was given two talents, he took those two talents. And when the master came back, he gave him two more talents. And then there's one that was given five talents and the individual that used the five talents, he used those talents. And when the master came back, he doubled those talents that he had. And the individual that had the one talent that hid that one talent and said, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not going to use it. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to keep it to myself. I'm not going to use this one talent that I have. It says that the master took that one talent and he gave it to the individual who originally had five talents and used them. And those talents were doubled. So the individual that had 10 talents, the master gave him that one talent. And I believe uh, brother Andrew Huffman said, he said, one of the reasons that I believe that God gave him that one talent is that he simply knew that he would use it. So when God gives us the talents or the abilities or the gifts that he's given to us. He gives it to us for the purpose of using the abilities that he gives us. Every single one of us, he does. Uh, Galatians chapter six says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those of the household of faith. So it begins to tell us where we are to exercise and utilize our talents He says, do good unto all men. That means you use your talents and abilities to all men. But he says, especially unto those of the household of faith. He says, I've created an entity in this world. And in this entity, I'm creating the place for you to use your gifts and use your talents. And we're going to look at how this comes to life. Certainly, this is manifest in the role of deacons. It it certainly is. But it's actually to be utilized. This principle is to be utilized for every single one of us. So. Let's look at it real good. I, I, I tell you, I don't all. I, I, I wish this was the case this week. I got so excited about this message and maybe it was just for me. I don't know if, if you'll get the benefit or blessing. I hope you do. I hope you get more of a blessing than I did out of it. But I just had a wonderful time thinking about it. And I pray that the Lord will bless you to get something good out of it and that it will help you. So here's the here's the direction and the format 
that we have right here about gifts. He starts out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And now this is real easy for you to remember. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the variety or the diversity of gifts that God gives. Romans chapter 12 breaks it down just a little bit more specific. I doubt that we'll get to Romans, but it's really good. So the two uh, sister each other. They they mirror each other. They complement each other. So you do well to go home and read 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12. You'll be blessed in doing that. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I would not have you to be ignorant. This is the Apostle Paul talking to them. Now, this was back in the days of the apostles. And there were certain gifts that we'll see that the apostles had that we don't have today. But there's also the principle of the gifts and the utilization of the gifts is the same. So as we look at this. He says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Now, first of all, let me say, you might be thinking, well, I don't think I have a spiritual gift. Well, if you're a child of God, you do. You have at least one spiritual gift and you may have two and you may have five or you may be like that individual that has 10 or it's even possible that you've been given that extra one and you have 11. But so just so that you don't disregard the message and think that it's not for you. If you're here, you have a spiritual gift, at least one. And we'll look at these here in just a minute. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. This is interesting that he just sort of plugs this in here. There's as I studied this chapter, there was a lot of it that. That I I didn't really understand and I understand the point that he's making right here, but I didn't really see how this sort of fit into this chapter. But but it's a great point. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls calling Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So what he's saying right here, or this is how I believe it's to be interpreted. He says, if you have the spirit of God, Jesus Christ is going to mean something to you. And if you don't have the spirit of God, Jesus Christ is not going to mean anything to you. And if you have, if Jesus Christ means something to you, then you have it by the spirit of God. You know, Jesus Christ Because of what the Holy Spirit has done in your heart. The Holy Spirit arrived and did a work in your heart first before you had an appreciation, uh, an attachment, a yearning for Jesus Christ. And what he just simply says right here is that if you love Christ, it's because the Holy Spirit visited you and blessed you with that, that love for Christ. It stirred your heart. It warmed your heart. Toward the things of God. That's what I believe he's saying right here. He says. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord. But by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Spirit. Then he comes down. And he says. Now there are diversities of gifts. But the same spirit. 
diversities of gifts. You can go over into Romans chapter 12. We might get there. Maybe we will. And it begins to talk about that the variety of gifts that God gives his people. That's been one of the blessings through the the past 30 years of Mount Carmel. If we look back and we look at the individuals, many of them that have gone on to be with the Lord, that there was such a variety and a diversity among the congregation. Everybody was not the same. I mean, there's nobody like Brother Pope, only Brother Pope. There's nobody like Brother Jackson, only Brother Jackson. I mean, he, he, he touched our hearts. There, there's just God made every single one special, very special, and not any two are the same. And here he begins to highlight that. He says, now there are diversities of gifts, but of the same spirit. So I think he begins to he begins to teach this lesson right here. He says, you folks were led away by, he says, dumb idols. He says, that's that's what you were putting your stock in. That's what you were what you were pursuing and what you were following until the spirit of God touched you. And then he says, it's by the Holy Spirit that you're touched. And he starts out and he says, now there are diversities of gifts, but they're the same spirit. So he begins to establish right here that if we have a gift and if we're a child of God, we do. Then the author of that gift is the Holy Spirit and that God is sovereign. We'll see down here that God is sovereign in how he disperses the gifts. In fact, um, in um, in in John chapter three, this is a verse that we this is a verse that we believe strongly describes the way that the Holy Spirit works in the lives of individuals. He says that uh, uh, where John says right here in John chapter three, it says um, the discussion comes up with Nicodemus about being born again. And he says here, Nicodemus, and, and, and you can't fault Nicodemus for saying this, because probably with the knowledge that he had, if that's what we had, we'd say the same thing. It, the, the, the charge was given that you must be born again. And Nicodemus asked the question. He says, how is it that when I'm old that I could enter a second time into my mother's womb and be born again? How could that happen? And he comes on down and he says, this is how it happens. It happens by the spirit of God. But then he says, here's one more point that's really important right here. He says, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then here's where he makes the point. Marvel not, Nicodemus, that I said you must be born again. I'm going to clear that up for you, Nicodemus. He says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. I, I, I want to just drop a little side note right here. I want to encourage you to get here early. Thank you for getting here on time to start singing. The singing was extra good this morning. But I tell you what, if you get here early, you're going to get an extra blessing. I got here early this morning and I have to get here. I have to leave real early to get here 
earlier than Sister Jewel and Brother Carlton Kenway. And they have the feathers to travel. They, they live up in Lancaster almost. And, and you've got to get here early if you're going to beat them here. I mean, it's hard for me to do it, but, but I did it today. But, 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 but when you get here early, you can begin to interact and talk about a few other things. And, and, uh, and then Brother David walked in and we'd been talking about uh, a variety of things, church meetings and, and things like that in West Texas and New Mexico. And, and then, then the topic came up about dust storms and wind and sand and all of that. And then Brother David walked in and he said, well, how can you talk about things and, and not talk about the dust or the wind? And Sister Jill said, we've already done that. Well, we know all about the wind and the dust and all of that. And we know that you can't stop the wind. You can't start the wind. You can't change the wind it's not you don't have any ability to do that and he says right here that the spirit of God moves in individuals the same way the wind blows you can't direct it you can't stop it you can't start it it happens when he chooses and here's how he says it the wind bloweth where it listeth Thou hearest the sound thereof, but thou canst not tell from whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit of God. You don't know where it comes from, where it goes. You don't know how it happens, but it happens when God chooses for it to happen. And he's sovereign in that. The same principle, the same principle about God giving you spiritual life is the very same principle that's referenced about the spiritual gifts that God gives you. The gifts that God has given you, it's not because you have so many abilities or uh, qualities yourself, but it's because of a sovereign God that He looked down upon you and blessed you with a handful of gifts to be used in His service, in His kingdom, for His people to the glory of God. He sovereignly does it as he chooses. Just like our spiritual birth. Well, this chapter just gets really good. I hope it's a blessing to you. I hope it is. He he mentions three things right here. He mentions three things about the gifts. He says, number one, there's diversity of gifts. He just simply says that no two gifts are the same. He says they're not the same, but they have the same source. The Holy Spirit. Then he comes down and he says, there's also different, there's differences of the administrations. There's differences of administrations. I thought about that and I thought, what does that mean? There's differences of administrations. Well, I'll give you a couple of examples of what I think it means. We have different abilities even throughout our life, even at different stages in our life. Our abilities, the resources, the energy that we have, the mind that we have is different at different stages in our life. I'll give you give you an example. Um, Couple. I was standing up here one Sunday morning and uh, little Asa Mosley, probably three years old at most, was talking around to several folks. Little Asa came up to me. He wasn't as tall as the bottom of my coattail here. And he pulled on my coat. 
and finally got my attention. And I looked down at little Asa, and he's just with a stammering tongue. He said, Brother Stephen, I've been praying for you this week. Well, I tell you what, sometimes I don't know if the Lord hears my prayers, but he hears the prayers of a three-year-old. And when he told me he had been praying for me, number one, it humbled me. Number two, it encouraged me. I've never forgot it that a three-year-old, that God had put it on his heart to pray for me. We used to go visit Sister Nell Blackburn over here. She ended up in the nursing home, 95 years old, in a hospital bed, couldn't get out of the bed. Couldn't come to church. Couldn't even hardly make telephone calls. We went over to sing some hymns to her. She called me over to the side. She said, Brother Stephen, I've been praying for you. And I've been praying for the church. Well, number one, she did what she could. She couldn't do the things like Sister, Brother Justice, Sister Tracy. I wish Cody was here because this is a great example. Cody, a grown man, strong, has all kinds of abilities. When we were redoing the church and made some repairs on the outside, we realized that all those repairs on the outside were great, but we needed a new roof or we weren't going to be able to keep all the stuff we'd done around the church. And, and, and Brother Cody called me aside and he said, Brother Stephen, I think I can help on that. Let me see if I can take that and I can and, and make a difference. And Brother Cody called his inspectors up here. He called the insurance company. And it was just a short time that before he told me, he called and he says, by the way, we're getting a new roof at the church and it's not going to cost the church anything. So the diversity of operations has something to do with where you are in life. If you're three years old, and that's just as important as Cody putting a roof on the church. But if you're three years old and you're praying for the pastor and you're praying for the congregation, or you're 95 years old praying for it, it's a different type operation. But it's still very, very beneficial. And so at different stages in our life, we have a variety of abilities to even utilize the gifts that God's given us. And so... That's, I believe, one of the ways this could be interpreted. He says that there's a diversity of, of gifts, but of the same spirit. He says there's also differences of administrations. And I believe he's talking about the different responsibilities within the church. I believe that it can be the responsibility of the pastor. It can be the responsibility of the deacons. It can be the blessing of the sisters. It, it can be the blessing of the young people. That there is a, a great blessing that each one has within the church. And what a blessing it is that, that every single one can utilize the gifts that God's given them to encourage and help others. He says there's a diversity of the operations. But he says, even that itself, the different operations within the gifts or the operations within utilizing those gifts, that in itself is of the same spirit. So it has to be that the Lord is the one that that gives us the gifts. And he, as Brother Compton used to say, he gives us the desire and he gives us the ability. 
He gives us both. So then we just turn around and give the Lord the glory for it. He says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man. This is interesting right here. This is this is real important, I think. There's a whole lot of reasons we should ask God to show us what our gifts are and then use the gifts that we've got that that God's given us. Number one, if God has has chosen us and given us a gift to utilize, he's he selected you and he's given you this special gift or gifts to utilize. But he says right here that the purpose of these gifts that God has given you is to profit. Now, that does not mean that you for you to use it to make money. That's not what he's talking about. But what he's saying right here is that the that the purpose of God giving you the gifts and abilities that he's given you is to profit the church, the congregation, maybe the community in which you live. That maybe it's the work environment that you have that God has given you these gifts and these abilities and the purpose is to use them to profit other people and in profiting other people, you'll profit yourself. You really will. Let me see if I can put it this way. Uh, Here's here's just here's a couple of uh, humorous experiences right here. Maybe Sister Linda's on the line, maybe not, but her mother was such a blessing to all of us. When Sister Perry turned 100 years old, Brother Asa and myself wanted to take her out and do something special on her 100th birthday. And so we took her to uh, her favorite place was the Bayview Restaurant in Haverty Grace. She loved the strawberry pie. She loved the fried oysters. She would 100 years old, she'd order all this fried food. And I, here I'm trying to eat salads and all this kind of stuff. And, and she's eating fried foods and, and strawberry pie. And, and she just enjoyed going to the Bayou. And so when the waitress came around and we were telling her, we said, this is her 100th birthday and, and we want to make it special. And the waitress was, 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 uh, was wanting to know how she could make it special. And she said, she said, you want the Greenfields may have been there. I'm not sure, but said, you won't believe this. Now, this doesn't just happen. But in the other dining room, there's a man over there and they're celebrating his hundredth birthday. And I said, really? Is he, I, 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 I said, is he able to come over here? Because I knew she was able to go over there. I said, is he able to come over here so we could get some pictures? And, 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 and so she said, oh, yeah. Neither one of them were using their walkers or cane. I, I think they wanted to outdo the other, but they, they both stood up there and they were so excited. Both of them celebrating their 100th birthday. Now, that doesn't just happen. I mean, often. And... So we're taking pictures and he's standing there with his daughters next to him and and Sister Perry's standing next to him. And when we're taking pictures and 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 he's celebrating his 100th, she's celebrating her 100th. And Sister Perry leans over to his daughter and said, is he married? <laughs> so right before that a couple of years. Elder Compton was celebrating his 102nd birthday. Well, he wanted to go to Cracker Barrel. 
I mean, I guess when you get to be 100 plus, that's what you do. You know, I, I'm only 60 plus and that's what I do. So, but you go to these great restaurants and, and we went to Cracker Barrel and, and we were going to celebrate Elder Compton's 102nd birthday. Now, I promise you this happened, and I, 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 I hope that maybe there's some witnesses for this, because it's hard to believe that this, this actually happened. But we told the waitress again that we're, we're celebrating Elder Compton's 102nd birthday, and the waitress said, well, there's a lady over there that's celebrating a birthday, and I don't know how old she is, but I know she's over 100 years old. And so she went over and talked to the other table, and the lady over there that they were celebrating her birthday was 103. And she walked over there and Elder Compton and they stood there and, I, and, and, and we're in Cracker Barrel and other people come around and start taking pictures and, and Elder Compton just simply leans over and he says to her, we're making history here today. <laughs> well, those were special little times. They were. But on a more serious note, Brother David, I'll borrow this from your granddad on a more serious note. Before COVID, pre-COVID, I mean, I feel like we've been in a two-year winter season. I'm so excited that springtime is coming and that maybe that's behind us and we can go forward. But before that, I'd go once a month to New Mexico and have services out there. And it was a blessing. It started because my father lived out there and then brother and sister Lowry moved out there and then others began to come. And it grew to a really large gathering pre-COVID. But I can remember I'd go and, and I'd, get, I'd, I'd get so tired coming back and sometimes the planes would be late. And, and I can remember getting to the point that I thought, is this really, is this what I ought to be doing? And I remember when I got just about to that point that we had another service out there and Brother Kenny and we'd, we'd have it. It wasn't a church building. And by the way, Sister Jewel and Brother Carlton attended these services. But we would rent a uh, we'd rent a motel room and or a conference room in the motel. And and the group grew to around 30 people we, that we would have occasionally. And we would have the service either on Saturday, we'd have it on Sunday, and, and, it, and Brother Asa or Brother Steve Aquino would be here, and that worked out so well. And, and this one particular day that we were having a service, Brother Kenny Venable, Elder Kenny Venable from Lubbock Church, had called me and he said, Brother Stephen, could you go by the assisted living and visit Elder Bernard Venable? I, I met Elder Venable, but I didn't really know him. That's Brother David's granddad. I didn't know Brother David. Never met Brother David. Didn't have the blessing of doing that. And so I went by to see him. And, and that particular day, is about 94, 95 years old. That particular day, his mind was just as clear as it could be. When you talked about the things of the Lord, he was spot on. Just like that. So I asked him, I said, do you think, would you want to come to church tomorrow with us? And he said, I would love to come. I called his wife, called his son, and asked them. I said, is it okay to take him to church? I said, he, he has an interest to go. He, he looks like he'd be able to go. Uh, what, what do you think? Is that okay? And they agreed and said, go for it. If, I, if he would like to go, take him. So the next morning, and I didn't know some of the stuff that Brother David's told me since then. The next morning, we picked him up. I mean, he was, 
he was dressed to the nines. He was dressed like Brother Roy over here. I mean, he was, he not only was dressed like a preacher, he was a preacher. And I mean, he had his Bible with him and he was headed to church. And you could tell he was so excited about that. And when we got to church, we took him in a wheelchair. And when we got to church and the whole time his mind was spot on. When we got to church, we led some songs. And then he said, can I lead Holy, Holy, Holy? He stood up out of the wheelchair, led holy, holy, holy. And then before we changed the order of service, he said, could I say a few words? And I remember almost word for word what he said. He stood up out of that wheelchair just as strong, holding his Bible in his hand. And he said, he was so happy to be there. And he said, He said, I want you all to know that I love every single one of you. And you're thinking, how can this old man say that he loves me because he doesn't know me? He said, but I know something about you. He said, I know that Jesus Christ died for you. I know that Jesus Christ loves you. And I know that he put the love of God in your heart and he put the love of God in my heart. And he says, and I love you. Well, that that message touched my heart. We got ready to leave, pushed him out to the car, to the side door of the car. I don't know that he even knew my name. That's all right that he didn't. But as he stood up to get in the car, he turned to me and he took my hand. And he says, I just want you to know that I had a wonderful day today and that God sent you here to me. I tell you what, a lot of times I look back on my life, maybe I don't know if that's the right place to be, but I knew right that moment. I didn't have a doubt in the world because God blessed me to know that through that poor gentleman. Later, we had the blessing of meeting Brother David, and this is what Brother David said. He said, my granddad didn't want to outlive his ability to preach. Well, he preached that day. And shortly after, went home to be with the Lord. That's the kind of blessings that God gives you along the way. It is. So he says it's profitable. Oh, yeah. Far more valuable than money, what money can buy. He blesses you with great blessings that you can take with you all your life. He said, uh, for to one is given the spirit of the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit. He's saying you have different varieties of of gifts, but it's the same spirit. I, I think about when I read this second one here, the word of knowledge, I think about Brother Cook, Brother Cook loves Expounding on the Word of God. He, he loves to think about it. He loves to dissect it. He loves to dig into it. And God has blessed him with that wonderful ability right there. But he says, to one, it's the spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, or of faith. To another, the gifts of healing. And he comes down and he talks about the different gifts that the uh, apostles were given in the next few uh, verses right here. But then he says, and and then he just breaks it down in in such a fashion that even these young children. By the way, I understand you had a birthday. Happy birthday. Um, 
that these, uh, this is broken down in such a way that even the children can absorb it and glean from it. He says, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that body being many are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. I've I've gone to some churches uh, in the past that maybe years in the past, they would refer to a church and say, well, that's elder so-and-so's church. Well, I know what they mean that that's where he worships. Um, there were some churches that we went in upstate New York and, and, and other places. There's one in particular that it was Elder So-and-So's church. Well, uh, it, it's, not, uh, it's not Elder Bloyd's church. It's not Elder Smith's church. It's the Lord's church. When we, when we built onto this building, used to... The building stopped right here where these columns are, and the pulpit was right over here. And during the handshake, the congregation grew to the point that during the handshake, it got slower and slower and slower. And so I told the congregation, I said, we're going to know when it's time to expand the building. It's when we can't do the handshake anymore. And we, it got to the, uh, a particular Sunday that it was, it was so crowded that as we were trying to walk around and do the right hand of fellowship, it just came to a complete stop. We were trying to move a little bit, but it was just jammed in there. You might remember some of those times. And we said, it, it's time to build onto the church. Well, we built onto the church. And, 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 and by the way, it was, a, it was a, an expense which was exorbitant back in those days. It's almost $300,000. And we didn't have the funds to do that. But it was interesting how that God provided those needs along the way. I remember one brother, he's now with the Lord. He, he told me, he said, Brother Stephen, he says, uh, I invested $3,000 in First Virginia Bank stock. And he said, it's now worth $89,000. And he said, God bless that to happen. So it's all going to pay on the building. By the time we completed the building, the building was paid for. It, it really was. But I remember that when we decided we'd have a dedication service. And at the dedication service, three well-meaning elderly sisters came up. And they said to me, they were quite up in years at the time. And they came up and they said to me, each one of them had a different thought about, about how it should be dedicated. And one of them said, I think we ought to dedicate it to the original pastor. Either uh, Elder Pittman or Elder... Elder uh, Thompson, who'd been here a long time. Another one said, I think we should dedicate it to some of the founding members of the church and specifically name some founding members. And another one said, well, you're here now. I think we'll dedicate it to you. And I knew that wasn't right. And I said, you know what? I said, we have an example in the scriptures when they had a dedication service And I said, here's something that we can all agree on. Let's dedicate it to the Lord. Let's have a dedication service and let's dedicate it to the Lord because the Lord is the one that's given us the ability to even build the dedication, uh, have, have the service, build the building. And he's even blessed us to pay for the building. Let's dedicate it to the Lord. He worked out ways that... I, 
I went to do a funeral in Texas, and when I got ready to leave, the, the, the husband and wife of the, I mean, the daughter and, and husband, uh, the daughter and son-in-law said, we understand y'all are expanding your building. We, we've heard that. And this was a funeral in Texas. We understand you're expanding your building. They said, we want to be able to, in, 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 uh, in honor of our mother, uh, in appreciation for the church, here's a check to put on the building fund. And they had to be a check for $25,000. Well, that doesn't just happen. That's the Lord in the matter. Time we got through building, it was completely paid for. So we dedicated it to the Lord. So he says there's there's one body, but many members. And then he comes down and even a child can understand this. He says, if the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I'm not of the body. It is, it, it, is it therefore not of the body? Now, this gets really good down in the bottom part here, and, and I'm going to be mindful of the time, but this is so good as we get down into this. I, I believe it is. He says, and if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, it is therefore, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one Body, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So he begins to make the comparison, and, and then he actually tells us why he's doing it this way. In one verse, he summarizes it, why he's doing it this way. So these children... This is the body that, that God gave us. I've thought a few times if I was designing it, I'd make a few changes to mine. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm thankful that God gave me this body. But I might, would have liked to have stayed taller a little bit longer or just a few things a little different that I can't, can't change. But this is the body that God gives us. And he says right here that in order for this body to function... To the optimum, it takes every part of the body. The hand, you don't want to just have all hands and no feet. It takes the hands, it takes the feet, it takes the eyes, it takes the ears. And he, he comes down and he even elaborates a little bit more about parts that we would disregard and think, well, that's not really an important part of the body. And he even addresses that right there and he compares it to our church family right here. Now, he emphasizes the importance of the hand and the eye and the ear and the foot and the importance of that being able to have the body function to the optimum level. But we could go to the extreme and we could say, well, 
I'm a hand, and that body can't function without me. I want to tell you, a sister cleared that up for me one time. We had a brother that uh, was ordained here in the church, and his family was here, and they were a wonderful, wonderful family. And God sent them to another field of labor to labor in. And I can remember thinking, I don't think that we can make it without them. That's happened several times, but, and you could think of some yourself. And this sister, it was actually Andrew Huffman's mother, Sister Rebecca Huffman, told me. She said, if God moves one, oftentimes he'll send two in their place. He will. He may not do it on our timing, but he's sovereign in that too. So here's what he says right here, that we're all of one body. We're not all ears. We're not all eyes. We're not all feet. We're not all hands. But we're to be all of them, all of them together, perfect the working of the body, the optimum of the body. And then here's what he says. And I think this is really good. I think this is what this means right here. It's really, really good. And he says, and if they were all one member... Where were the body? But now are there many members, but yet but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. He mentions two different parts right here of the body. And... Uh, One of them I'll highlight. I mean, I'll touch on one of them. I, I might not. It says, and those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. I believe that means clothing for our comely parts have no need like our face, our hands. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. And so backing up just a little bit right here, he talks about the members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, yet we bestow more abundant honor. Now, I believe that that can in our in our natural body. We might be thinking to ourselves, well, this little finger doesn't matter. I don't really use it that much. It just sometimes gets in the way. I don't really need it. And it doesn't matter. Or maybe one of our toes. You think, well, that's just there. It sometimes gets in the way when you stump it on the coffee table or the leg of the coffee table. And it's just, it, it can be a, a more of a bother than anything else. And it's not really beneficial. But, but wait till you lose a toe. Wait till you lose a finger, and then all of a sudden you realize that you missed that, that uh, little finger, that little toe that, that you had. So there was an importance of it. I think it could be described this way. In the church, you've got little ones, you've got young ones that are still rejoicing on the milk of the word. They're not on the meat of the word, but they're rejoicing on the milk of the word. They're rejoicing in the songs. They're rejoicing in the fellowship. They're rejoicing in their friendships and being together. And it's a blessing for them to be able to uh, come together, even though they're not feasting on the five points of the doctrine. 
They're not feasting maybe so much on election, predestination, things like that. But they're very, very important. The role of these children, I tell you what, it is a blessing. Every single child that's here is a great blessing. The role of the elderly, maybe they can't do the things that they did when they were in their youth and in their prime. But now they can, uh, they can rejoice in the fellowship or the singing or the, uh, meditating on the blessings in the past. But, but they're not able to physically do the things that they once did. But they're still very, very important. And that's the part that he's making right here is that from the little child to the aged, that in the church of Jesus Christ, that every single one has a role to fill in the church to the glory of God and to the good and benefit of others. And I believe that's what he's saying right here and what he's teaching us right here. What he says, and this is this this is interesting how this is just sort of tucked away in here, how this little verse is just sort of tucked away in here. He says, I want you to understand the the necessity of all the diversity of gifts that I give within the church body. I want you to understand the variety, the diversity The necessity of every single one of them. The importance of every single one. And he says, if you understand the importance of all of the the gifts. That we're not all eyes, we're not all ears, we're not all feet. That if we understand the importance of that. He says the benefit of that. One of an an additional benefit of that. He says right here. And I, I thought this was interesting that this was just tucked away right here in it. He says that there should be no schism within the church. What's a schism? I don't even like the word. I don't know about you. It doesn't even sound good. I mean, I just don't even like to think it or say it. I just don't like the word schism. Well, what does that mean? It means a division. Um. Thankfully, in the churches today, you don't hear a lot about that. And I'm thankful that that is the case. But he says right here that within our own body, that if we're all utilizing the gifts that God's given us individually to the max, and we understand this and understand each other, there'll be no schism. Now, when I came to Mount Carmel 30 years ago, I did not know before I came, I did not know... They didn't tell me. I didn't ask. But I didn't know that there'd been years before a schism. I didn't know it. I'm glad I didn't know it. I don't know if I'd have really considered coming if I had known that that was the case. But God put on my heart when I came to Mount Carmel. And I didn't know that there had been at all. But God put on my heart when I came to Mount Carmel to preach about Out of Proverbs chapter 6, it says there's six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination. And the seventh thing is he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now, I can't figure everything out, but I understand one thing. That God's people, God's children, the little children, the aged, and everybody in between, they deserve green pastures and still waters to feast on. They do. It's not 
the Lord is not the author of confusion. And so what he's saying right here is in order to avoid this, we realize that Brother Danny's gift is different than mine. He is. It is. I mean, he's got gifts that I don't have. Brother Tom's is. I don't think I'm just going to I'm going to insert this right here. I don't think I've ever publicly thanked Brother Tom for what he does. Did you know that for years God's put it on his heart to take the messages that we have and to get them out on the airways? And I meet people. I met a lady in in Bethesda, Maryland, two weeks ago that she said, I listened to your messages. She said, I've got proof of it right here. And she pulled up her phone and showed me the app. And she says, I listen to them every Sunday. I had no idea that that was the case. And there's no telling how many that that it may Impact, And it's because God put it on Brother Tom's heart to do. I don't even know how he does it. All I know is that at the end of the day, the messages go out. Now, Danny knows how he does it, but I don't know how he does it. Brother Justice knows how he does it. But it it just happens. I didn't ask him to do it. He just did it. And, 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 And we're every single one of us are the beneficiaries of what he does. And God bless you for what you're doing. May God bless you. That's just an example of taking what God's given you and using it for his glory. It really, it really is. Well, he comes down and, oh, th- th- he, he even says here, this is so good right here. He says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now are ye the body of Christ and members in particular and God. And then it talks about the different diversities within the church of Jesus Christ. So he just ends this chapter in saying that as a church body, if if somebody suffers when when folks heard about Brother Kilby having his car wrecked, I mean, it sparked concern within the whole church body. That's what he's saying right here, that every single one is important. And he says, when when one hurts, when there's one that's hurting, it affects the entire church body. And he says, but when one rejoices, I think back and, and some of you were here for this. I think back of when Brother Andrew Huffman was ordained to the ministry. I tell you, it was just as apparent as it could be that God was in the matter and God was in the place. And when we had the ordination service, Andrew Huffman was uh, standing or setting up here and Mark Huffman with his brother was over here. Justin Huffman was over here. His other brother. The presence of the Holy Spirit was so powerful and so profound that as those boys were standing there leading hymns, you could sense the presence of the Lord and tears just streaming down their faces as they were leading hymns. The Lord manifest his presence in such a place. And even though Brother Andrew, we were acknowledging Brother Andrew being called to the ministry, every single one of us were rejoicing in what Brother Andrew was experiencing. So it wasn't just that Brother Andrew experienced it, but God blessed us to experience it as well. And that that just leaves a a strong impression in my mind how that that God blessed that that wonderful day of service. So he says that one of the blessings of it is that we all get to rejoice together. We sorrow together and we rejoice together. Now I want to encourage you. We're out of time uh, but I want to encourage you to go over and read uh, chapter 12 of Romans. It's so good. 
And you can begin to pray to God to show you what your spiritual gifts are. Brother Phil, your dad had emphysema. He couldn't walk very far. But in his um, latter years, um, he, he would tell me, he said, when, when you have a, a, a preaching trip out of town, he says, you call me. He says, I'll take you right to the airport. And numerous times I took him up on. He drove me right up to the front door and, and was there to pick me up when I got back. He couldn't walk probably across the street, but he could drive and, and was a good driver. And he took me down there and he picked me up. And that was his, that was his uh, gift that he used. Brother Justice offered to do that the other day for me. And I almost took you up on it. And I probably will. But that's, that's using the gifts and abilities that God has given you. I will tell you that now when I go to the airport, I don't try to put it on somebody else. And I don't park two miles away and ride the shuttle. I think when you get as old as I am, I park right up to the front. And I thought, if it costs a little bit more, that's just fine. I'll pay it. That's one of the luxuries that I'm going to enjoy. I don't want to come in at 1130 at night and have to go ride a shuttle for uh, 30 minutes trying to find a car. So if you want to ever find my car at the airport, you just go right close to the door and I'll be the closest one there if possible. That's what I like to try to do. But he was using the gifts that God had given him. And that's all that this is about, is that for every one of us, it's so different. But the beauty of it is that in the church of Jesus Christ, that's part of the beauty of it. That we're all so very, very different. We are. I mean, uh, Sister Tracy, I'm glad you're back because I want to, I want to highlight this. And this, this sums it up. And as I said, I wish Cody was here. I hope he hears this. When Cody met us out here in the parking lot... To put on this new roof out here. Cody said. He said I am so blessed to have. Four wonderful brothers. And he started and he went right down the list. And he talked about the diversity. Of each one of his brothers. And they are all different aren't they? Way different. I mean, not, they're just not even close. They're way different. But you love every one of them the same. You love them all the same. Danny thinks you love him more, but I mean, he's told us that. But, but you love them all the same. That's how it is with God. God loves us all the same. Our gifts are as different as Bray and Danny. They are. They're as different as any two people. But God loves us the same. And God is the one that gives us those gifts. And he gives them to us to use them to his glory and for the good of his people. And when we've done that, it's a happy time. So may God bless you.